The following program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto. There are lots of lousy businesses, and there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio from the Global News Radio studios in Toronto with Hi-Fi portfolio managers. Here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Good morning, my friends. Thank you for tuning in to a show about money. I'm Wolfgang Klein, host of the show, Jack Hartle, partner in your success. We call him Captain Jack. Yes, formerly a uh, reserve in the uh, Canadian Forces, I'm proud to say. And, uh, of course, Jack uh, was quite the uh, hockey player in his uh, youth. You want to Google him one day uh, when he played for the Peets. But uh, I digress. I do indeed. It's uh, the middle of the month. But three weeks left. Uh, good golly, why couldn't uh, Labor Day uh, come late when I was a kid, eh? It always seemed to come on the second and the third, but, uh, well, it's a little later this uh, year, which means I guess we sort of have an extra week of summer, so I hope uh, yours is going well. Uh, Got to keep our eye on, of course, our long-term money plans, our financial plans, our wealth creation plans, and, uh, you know, I say slow, steady Eddie wins the race. Uh, Brad Lamb, um, president, founder of, of, of Lamb Realty, Lamb Developments, uh, you know the guy. He is uh, as Toronto as uh, oh, I don't know. He's as Toronto as it gets. Uh, Brad, thanks for joining us on the show. How are you, my friend? Well, great, thanks. How are you? I am uh, quite quite well, thank you. Quite well. Um, so let's talk real estate. You are the expert in real estate, Brad. Certainly the condominium market. Um, COVID uh, is with us. Uh, COVID has disrupted many industries. Um, and to the degree that uh, I'm getting a sense people are, some people are rethinking how they live, where they live, how they work, how frequently they go to work, um, and, you know, how close they want to be to one another. Uh, the 905 area seems to be uh, doing quite well when it comes to uh, you know, detached homes in terms of pricing and in terms of interest again. Uh, I know in the neighborhood I live in, in the West End, there's not a lot of inventory on the market right now, uh, and stuff that's coming to market is being uh, uh, looked at with serious interest. Money, Brad, money, oh, good gracious, you can borrow money as low as 1.65% uh, variable rate mortgage, 1.65 if you push the lender hard enough. Uh, unprecedented, truly. But there's also a, a notion that the uh, downtown core um, is continuing to adjust, shall I say, uh, with uh, pricing and with uh, uh, longer-term uh, interest in, in the area. So can you please speak to what is going on in the condo market in terms of supply, demand, price, and all that good stuff, Brad? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's it's kind of, you know, it's not just – you have to kind of look at the whole market in, in, in sort of a complete situation. So first of all, the condo market – uh, let's talk about it today because we went through a, a, a slowdown for sure. Uh, people are back now. Overall, July was up uh, 30% over last July, which is a very good July. Wow. Prices were up 17% year over year, which is uh, the highest it's been since I can recall uh, year over year. Um, Did, Brad, can I jump in on that one? I saw that stat. Are you speaking specific to the condo market, or is that more of a yeah, national? I'm, 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 this, this is just, just Toronto. So, 
So let me just finish this, and, and then I think it'll, it'll give you the full picture. So the 416, which is the city, uh, condo prices uh, were up 5.8%, and uh, condo volumes were up uh, significantly. I believe it was 9%. Um, most, so of that, you know, 5, 5%, 5.8% is a substantial year-over-year increase, uh, certainly given what we've gone through. In, in any year, you'd be happy with that. Um, the, the house market, the single-family 416 uh, detached market, was up the most, um, double digits, uh, and so was the semi-detached market. So, so what you're looking at is an exceptional, exceptional uh, detached, semi-detached townhouse market and a very good condo market, 416. 905, uh, same thing. 905, the condo market up more than 5.8%. I believe it was in the 7 to 8% range. And, and of course, uh, you know, 905 housing market has, has, uh, has been recovering uh, for years since it's melted down about three or four years ago. So what is happening, there's no doubt about it, certain parts of the condo market downtown are softer than others. So where the market is on fire is 400,000 to about 800,000 and where it's a bit softer now softer, you know, we're in a strong market still. So I say this, it's not soft, but um, softer than the the lower prices from 800,000 to about a million, three or a million four. It's a little bit slower. It might take you more than the 17 days to sell. Our time to sell is, is, is dropped uh, from, 25 days, 17 days, year over year. So last July, great July, 25 days, now it's 17. So the market in July showed phenomenal strength in all categories. There is, There are some people who are short-term thinking that believe moving to the 905 is the answer. It's not the answer, short-term thinking. Um, if you're just tuning into the show with Hi-Fi Radio, good morning to you, my good friends. I do wish you a great start to your day. Uh, Jack Hartle, Portfolio Manager. I'm Wolfgang Klein, Portfolio Manager. We're here to help you become wealthier. Uh, delight to have Brad Lamb on the show. We're talking real estate. Brad Lamb, of course, is an expert extraordinaire uh, when it comes to the condo market, the development market. Uh, he's seen it all, and it's, uh, it's a delight to have Brad on the show. Um, sorry, I want you to pick up where you left off there, Brad. Uh, can, can you just back up 15 seconds, restate what you said, because I want to I pivot off that with you. Yeah, there's some evidence, and it's not uh, a tsunami. There is some evidence that some people who work in, in jobs where they don't necessarily need to be coming to work every day currently, uh, some tech-type jobs and uh, some other um, positions where you may not have to go to work every day, or they're at least being told you don't have to work at all right now. Some some. Places are shut down till till January in the new year. Some of those people are looking rather than buying a million dollar condo, they're buying a million dollar townhouse. We have some clients that are doing that right now. They they were looking at condos. They decided to move uh, further afield to Etobicoke in a you know fifteen hundred square foot three bedroom townhouse instead of a thousand uh, square foot condo downtown so there is some evidence of that happening it's it's you know the media always grabs this and runs with it they find a couple of people they hear about it they put it in the newspaper there's not a chance not a chance that toronto the core is going to empty 
and the, and the suburbs are going to fail. There's there's fundamental reasons why the core will continue to fail and the suburbs won't. But short-term thinking, there's no doubt, you see people driving in their cars alone with the windows up wearing masks. There's some short-term thinking happening here, and it will abate. It will go away. But right now, there is some of that. Um, fascinating discussion we're having with Brad Lamb, uh, the founder of Brad Lamb Realty, Brad Lamb Developments, Lamb Developments. Uh, Sci-Fi Radio is a show about money. Jack and I work hard each and every week to come up with some very good content and ideas to help you have more dough. Uh, please stay tuned to the show. More of it right after this. Money. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Sister's sighing in her sleep. Brother's got tonight to keep me cotton around. About money at Hi Fi Radio. Good morning to you. Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. It's a delight to spend some time with you each and every Saturday morning. Jack, of course, uh, enjoys the experience uh, nearly as much as I do. Actually, sometimes more than I do. Um, Brad Lamb, uh, delight to uh, have him on the show with us today to discuss. Uh, the landscape of residential real estate, uh, be it condos, townhomes, detached, uh, even some of the white picket fence. Um, but the, uh, Brad, I, I want to again be speaking about the t- perhaps short-term thinking change of uh, life approach, uh, i.e. going to the office less frequently, spending more time working from home, therefore spending less time commuting, therefore being willing to actually go further afoot from where you work because you don't go to work as frequently. Uh, I do have a sense office space, the way we use it tomorrow will be very different than the way we used office space yesterday. Uh, I think people are going to get more space, not less. Uh, and I think a lot of people are going to sort of opt out. I'm hearing of lawyers, for example, say, why do I need to go back to the core when I can, for the most part, operate my practice from my home? Um, but again, the, the next derivative to all this, Brad, is up in cottage country. Things are, according to Jack and friends, uh, booming in cottage country. Uh, vacant lots are, are, are going for a million bucks, and builders are building three and four million dollar palatial uh, boathouses. Um, uh, you know, so there is certainly a stay-at-home theme that is quite deep-rooted in the pocketbook, I must say, Brad. Can you please speak to, the, to, to, to those emergent concepts and uh, what you think is longer-term in view versus shorter-term in view? Yeah, I mean, you know, um, if you go back to the last recession we had, which is 2008-2009, you know better than anybody, what do people do during recessions? They sell their stock, right? They sell it. And it's short-term thinking because they shouldn't sell their stock in a falling market. They should they should do something different than selling their stock. It's it's the same thing with real estate. When when uh, prices fall, people pile on and sell their real estate when they should hold on to it. It's it's the exact opposite of what humans should do because we are a fear-based uh, organism that survived you know for thirty or forty thousand years successfully by being afraid of everything and running and hiding. That's what people do at times when they're afraid. So now, what are people doing when they're afraid? They're doing the wrong thing. The exact wrong thing. So if anyone believes uh, that a law firm can operate, uh, listen, my law firm is not 
satisfying my requirements as a customer. I've made it clear to them. They will not open their law firm to, to be able to service what we require. So we're getting less service than we need. And that's universal. You cannot run uh, a large corporation from the field. It doesn't work. Uh, there'll be massive slippage. And all of this nonsense that we're talking about today, the new normal, is not a new normal. It's a temporary change. There are some, there are some real things that will happen. There's no doubt that people will pay with less cash in transactions now than they used to. There's no doubt that people will probably do more work from home than before. I think that was always a trend anyways. I think that the idea of Zoom and, and, and these remote kind of uh, systems that allow you to communicate from afar, just like FaceTime, is, is, is innovation that's going to happen anyway. I don't think it's going to be as a result of a short-term, quote-unquote, pandemic. So, I, so any of the behavior that's taking place right now is a rational fear mentality. And, and yes, some of that is, is people buying, you know, end of days properties where they think they're going to hold up in a cottage. It's not life. It's not human life. And it won't, it won't last forever. And, and two years from now, we'll be laughing at the sheer idea that this was, was going to take hold and be a permanent situation. Uh, your notion, Brad, of a fear-based thinking and how humans are wired couldn't be more accurate. Um, I, I, I'm an advertising man uh, and a media man uh, at heart, and I understand uh, the, 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 the emotion quotient uh, from fear versus greed, uh, gain versus loss. And loss is a much bigger motivator than gain, and, and, and fear is, again, uh, the ultimate uh, motivator. And again, we are attracted as people to negative stories far more than we are to positive stories. They proved that in the newspaper business back in the 20s. Put a negative headline on the front page, you will sell more newspapers, hence higher ad rate. Is this the way it is? And uh, so we have to be careful, I agree, uh, of how we interpret and utilize and consume the media and, and, and try to think a little bit for ourselves and uh, try to... Uh, have a rational thought. But that's what this show is all about, Brad. Uh, you know, it's Jack and I's job, I believe, to uh, give people the straight goods uh, to be able to look through the clutter. Is that not correct, Jack? It is, absolutely. And I think Brad's made a lot of good points with regards to, you know, extending time horizon. We've talked about time arbitrage on the show, but, you know, back in February, March, April, you know, we were talking to clients and they were panicking. There was a lot of fear in a lot of the phone calls that we had and we had to hold a lot of hands, um, you know, tell people that, uh, their portfolio is constructed with high-quality stocks, high-quality securities, um, and they really didn't need all that money in those three months when it went down. Um, and, and obviously, it's uh, recovered significantly since then. Without question. Yeah, you, you, you know what? You know what? I just uh, just to say this quickly. My my advice to your listeners is buy, 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 buy. It's not stuff. Stuff. Good. Good stuff. Buy good stuff. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, of course, stocks, do your research. Bonds, electrobles, you name it. I agree with you. You buy good stuff and you hang on to it uh, for a decade. Look, you're listening to Hi-Fi Radio, my good friends. Good morning. Welcome to the weekend. I hope it's off to a good start. We'll put a little spring in your, spry, in your stride if we can during the show. Uh, we're speaking with Brad Lamb. We're talking real estate, obviously a key asset class. And boy, oh boy, money is cheap. It's never been cheaper. Uh, we're going to do a quick break, get right back to the show and speak a little bit further with Brad Lamb right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. 
I bought it three and a half years ago. I bought it for $1.5 million. I had the owners take a vendor take back mortgage for $750,000. I bought it in the name of a company because you can only have one principal residence. So buy in the name of a company. Didn't pay any, pay any HST. And just to let you know, that lot today I could sell for $3 million in a second. Just think of that. It's four and a half acres on Lake Joe. Nice. 450 feet of frontage facing west. Great part of the lake. Open, Good for open you. views and everything. Yeah, so here's the thing, though. See, I bought it with a company. Didn't pay the HST. There's ways around this stuff, right? So if you're going to be an investor in real estate, you know, I would suggest people call uh, uh, someone like myself or a very experienced real estate broker to understand how to beat some of these taxes. There's ways around it. For instance, you know, there's also logic in buying your residence. Give us an example of that, Brad. Well, you know, if, so so uh, if you if you buy a residence in a corporation, so right now everyone believes that, and, and so that you've probably heard of this, this talked about Evan Siddell from CMHC, who I think is a terrible head of the CMHC, by the way. I think he should be fired, but he's he's now doing a study looking at eliminating the capital gains exemption for houses. So a lot of the things Ouch. we think, we, a lot of things. Oh, you don't kill right the now. golden goose. Don't kill no, the golden that, goose. That's, that there's a two hundred. Uh, uh, there's a, I can't remember. It's two hundred fifty million or two hundred fifty thousand. I don't know how much government spends on this crazy stuff. They're looking at that right now, actually, and how it would affect how it would sell to Canadians. But they're 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 looking at asset taxes now. They're, you're right. There is there is a lot of friction with real estate. Okay, the, the idea is long term, use leverage. Leverage reduces the friction, and and do it for the long term. The payback will be massive. But if you're gonna uh, Circulate real estate, buy and sell it like some people do trading stocks. You're not going to be a winner there. It's long-term gains. They will they will astound you, but you need to you need to hang in for the long term. Um, but you know, buying buying in there's there's uh, you know when you when you when you buy in your your own in, in your own name, there's the, the obviously the the benefit of paying no uh, taxes when you sell it. But if you buy in a corporation, there's all kinds of tax reductions you can get. You can rent it back from yourself for a small, you know, for a, a, a smaller amount, perhaps than it might cost to carry it. Um, but it, 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 when you go to sell it, the tax, the taxes are going to be twenty six and a half percent. Yeah. So, so, so you're, so you, so you, if we believe, if you believe that, um, uh, that, and, and I also want to tell you this: if you're self employed, if you're buying, a, if you want to take five hundred thousand out to buy a house, you need to take a million out because you got to pay tax on that. So if you buy a house in a corporation, you can save the money in your corporation, you immediately save 54% on the tax you pay yourself or have to pay for, your, for taking the money out for your personal use. Do you understand? I do understand. There's a lot of things you can do, and, and estate planning and tax planning is part and parcel to the services Jack and I do provide. Uh, often uh, it stretches beyond our scope, at which point we have uh, highly qualified uh, contacts within our network to help clients out. I mentioned Thornston Steens, one of the finest tax attorneys uh, in Canada. Uh, we have used them uh, several times to create family trusts, which too are very tax efficient, and I'm certain you can hold a real estate, a piece of real estate in a family trust and achieve, achieve similar um, outcomes as you're talking about with respect to holding real estate inside a corporation. Uh, the show is Hi-Fi Radio. Brad Lamb, a pleasure to spend some time with you this morning. Uh, very, very insightful. Uh, I can tell uh, the things are going a lot better now uh, for your industry than they were three months ago. Uh, boy, uh, things can certainly turn to the better 
quickly, uh, which is, I think, uh, well, what's wrong with that, eh? Uh, you have yourself a good weekend, Brad. Thanks again for your time, pal. Thank you. And more show coming up right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. There must be someone up above. Say, come on, Brittany. You got to come on up. You got to hold. Welcome back to the show, my good friends. It is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein. Yes, portfolio manager, I'm here to help you have more wealth. If you have more wealth, you can do as my father always said to me. My father always said, Wolf, live it up. He was a very humble man, and uh, for him to live it up, it didn't take a whole lot to put a smile on his face. But, uh, well, I'm the next generation, and uh, I guess I, I like so you find new things, uh, certainly when it comes to food, which is why I spent uh, many months at uh, George Brown College trying to hone uh, some kind of a chef skill within, uh, but I do love food. And uh, that Alabama Shanks song, Hold On, I was first introduced by uh, my first teacher at George Brown College, uh, Bashir, Chef Bashir. Uh, God, I fell in love with him. He was such a cool guy, and he knew food. And a uh, good friend of mine from high school, Andy Collins, uh, gracious enough to join us. Uh, he, um, he is a chef manager. Uh, he went to Humber College. Uh, he was working towards his uh, chef de partie, uh, but he was also a DJ, so he, I guess, got a little bit more of the party part uh, worked in and uh, didn't complete it, but I know he's good. Uh, just like high school, eh? Skipping class every now and then, Andy. Things haven't changed. And I'm with you on that. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> hey? That's right. That's right. Yeah, man. Yeah, well, well Andy Collins, it's, it's a pleasure to have you. Uh, you're, you're, you're well known in Toronto, and I hope all of your buddies are tuning in uh, to hearing uh, your fame and fortune here, buddy. But um, you worked in hospitality as a chef and worked your way up the ranks. Uh, good call. You're, you're, you're pushing 30 years now in that industry, Andy. I am. I am. I am. I started out actually back in the day when we had Crock and Block, and I realized that that was what I wanted to do. So I moved on from there, and I decided to go to school. You know, took a course, and then I, from there on, I just kind of dabbled in different restaurants. I worked at the Marriott Hotel. I worked at, I worked for the boat for a long time because I really love working in, like, party atmospheres versus hotel-style kind of deals. Yeah, right. That's in your blood. You're a big music guy, uh, so you get it. Uh, music is good. You know, uh, music, it's funny, uh, the origins of music, uh, lots of military um, uh, ties to it to, to keep the soldiers marching. And the irony is the kitchen has its origins in the military in terms of hierarchy. Um, a lot of discipline uh, required in a kitchen, but a kitchen is a tough place to work. I couldn't imagine working in a kitchen. Uh, some interesting cats, I must say, and I'm sure you've got some stories that you could share with us. But, uh, you know, Andy, I do crave um, getting back to going to a restaurant, you know, once a week or so. I, I miss it. Um, I really feel for uh, the hospitality industry. You know, many industries uh, have gotten through this crisis uh, of severity unscathed. Others have felt it quite a bit, and some have been almost annihilated. Um, you know, restaurateurs and their staff. Uh, please, I want you to speak to the, the challenges your friends have, have witnessed, uh, how they're holding up, and uh, what you see on the horizon for the next three months based on what your industry is telling you in terms of, you know, timeline to get back to work and back to normal, and, and what will the normal look like in several months, Andy? Okay, well, I think one of the biggest restrictions going on now for, like, 
cases in my situation is that uh, they're only allowing 50 people inside of our room. So even when that comes to serving serving food, that's also one of the rules. So that's why our kitchen really hasn't opened up to that thing, and we're still working at the safety visions of, of you know, the safety part of it to, you know, kind of cover up. But other places, they're decimated because they're not getting the clients at all. The, the plants that own the, the Orbit Room, they're closed because they just can't open up at all. So that's why we're having a real difficult time, and we don't look like we're going back anywhere until at least September with my company. And we have 2,000 employees, and um, only 300 of them are working right now. And so the other 90, so you have 2,000 employees, so the other 1,700 employees, how are they paying the rent? So most of them are either trying to do some side gigs. A couple of friends of mine are, you know, trying to dabble in something else. A lot of people were collecting the CERB, but a lot of them just kind of, they're older chefs. They're not young, so they kind of put away a little bit of reserve thinking that, you know, this will get them by till we're getting called back. We didn't think it was going to go this long. Unfortunately, this is what's going on. So, you know, me, myself, I have a little bit of reserve, so I'm living off that. No vacation, so you're kind of cutting back on the things you do, but that's just the life we live, right? You have to adapt, my good friends, if you want to survive. Uh, I was speaking with a good friend of mine from high school, uh, Andy Collins. The man has a lot of heart. The man loves food, as do I. The man loves music, as do I. Uh, Andy Collins, of course, a Torontonian uh, food figurehead. Um, hey, how's that, Andy? Make you feel good, buddy? That makes me feel great. Thank you so much. Well, you, 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 you've earned all of that, pal. You've earned all of that. We're going to a quick break. Get right back to Hi-Fi Radio on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? Come on back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back. It's Hi-Fi Radio. That's the fidelity part of the show about finance. Yes, indeed. Money. It does matter, my good friends. Uh, You need it to survive. You need it to, well, also to be able to perhaps go see a concert one day. Uh, You know, get back out there and spend some money and have some fun once COVID ends. Between now and then, we've got to remain vigilant. We've got to continue to social distance as best as possible. Wear a mask. Um, yeah, I know it's kind of goofy, but it's the right thing to do. Uh, and as such, we will eventually get through the crises. You know, there is certainly on the vaccination front a lot of positive, uh, positive developments taking place. It looks like in North America, at least, Moderna is the leader in the uh, race to coming up with a vaccine. The U.S. government placing an order for 100 million doses with the option to purchase another 400 million doses. Uh, so, uh, Optimism, my good friends. Hope, faith, and, well, continue to eat well. Um, Andy, you've got to admit, I, I, a couple of things have gone on in the world of food that I've noticed. Uh, at first, with COVID-19, everyone lined up and bought flour. And you couldn't buy flour, and then you couldn't buy yeast. And uh, my daughter, uh, at the age of 12, she's now 13, uh, her and her friends were Snapchatting all night and, and, and social connecting all night. They were up to 3 in the morning, and then at 3.30 in the morning, I kid you not, the baking began. And her friends would come up with these weird recipes of gooey stuff and 
make some concoction. And I'd wake up then at 6 in the morning and see a sticky kitchen and a disaster. And my daughter, of course, would stay in bed till 2 in the afternoon and repeat that process. But uh, the home cooking thing, I think people are sort of getting tired of it. Uh, they want a break, and yet they can't fully get back into the restaurant scene the way they would like to. Uh, so, you know, I think we all have to be patient. The question is, how long can we continue at the current pace uh, before, you know, serious consequences uh, occur? In other words, I'm speaking about actual restaurant closure. What are you hearing on the restaurant closure front, Andy? Any big brands uh, teetering, um, any institutions? You know, for example, the Orbit Room shut down. Uh, that, that's a real shame. Um, eh? 25 years they've been in business and they just can't survive because people still have to pay their rent and you just don't have no one coming in and bringing in any form of money. So they had nothing, no choice about to fold up. And other places around me are hearing that um, they're surviving, but just because they have the patio going with the space and they're getting a bit back and now that they're allowed back inside, but they're just basically breaking even, not to mention what they've already lost in the past. And a lot of people are still scared to go to the restaurant. So it's still a tough call. And then when comes fall, when the patios disappear, I think they might start to struggle again unless things kind of change up. The fall could be scary without question because, again, you know, the scientists and we, we as a people are anticipating a second wave when the weather gets cooler and flu season kicks in and children tend to be the biggest passer buyers of uh, germs. Um, kids are going back to school. Uh, perhaps a recipe for, you know, that wave to come and hit us. Uh, and, again, like you said, your, your industry, the hospitality industry, you know, will no longer be able to take advantage of a lane of King Street or Queen Street or extended sidewalk service uh, when the weather uh, becomes inclement. Uh, then what happens? Uh, I, I, don't, I don't have the answer for you, Andy. Tell me something. Um, the teaching industry, uh, Humber, George Brown, all the chef teachers, um, I spoke to one who is doing a virtual learning. But, again, food, it is about the senses. Can you really do a proper demo vis-a-vis uh, -vis, um, uh, Zoom where you can't smell the food, you can't taste the food, you can't appreciate the texture of the food? Um, that, that's a hurdle. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough because they're, what do they have in schools, as you know, is labs. So all I can see them doing is separating the labs and the teacher at the front. But you still, we cannot touch the food. We cannot taste the food. When I go back, you can't even have a buffet anymore. I can't have my self-serve soups because people cannot go to the actual dish and help themselves. That's one of the biggest decisions that we have to deal with. So it's going to be If you're just tuning in, we're speaking with a good friend of mine, Andy Collins. He is a chef and a chef manager. He works for Dana Hospitality. Uh, Dana Hospitality has 2,000 culinary employees, and they do a lot of work in the corporate world. If you're working for a Fortune 500-type company, um, they may have their own kitchen. As a matter of fact, I once uh, experienced uh, corporate fine dining at the top of Royal Bank Plaza when I once worked for that firm, and uh, ew, it was quite the world executive art, collections, uh, opulence, and, well, yeah, private dining for all the big mucky mucks, as we like to call them. Uh, quite, quite the experience, I must say. Um, which other clients does uh, Dana service at the, at the corporate level, uh, Andy? 
Uh, we have some big clients. So we have BMW head office, which my friend runs that location. Uh, we had Toyota, and um, I think we just lost that contract. But we gained other big contracts like the CAA and things like that. I'm at a place called Litton's Automotive, and they have a, a few units that we deal with. So they have quite a few places in Toronto and throughout up to Vancouver. So we're all over Canada. Fascinating industry, uh, and the company uh, has done well prior to COVID-19, I assume? That's right. They've been doing very well, actually. They're one of the top uh, um, suppliers for this corporate uh, dining, so we're, we're really proud to work there. That's great. Um, we're talking about the food industry. We're speaking hospitality. It's a key industry. Tourism, of course, is so important to so many parts of the world, uh, and, of course, food. Well, three meals a day, we need it. It matters May it taste better. Speaking to a good friend of mine, Andy Collins. He's an expert in the world of uh, culinary experiences. Um, He's a chef, chef manager. Uh, It's a pleasure to get insight into the industry that I think is very important to so many of us. You stay tuned to Hi-Fi Radio. More show right after this. Stay with us. There's more show still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Welcome back, my good friend. Yep, you can tell I went to Emory Collegiate. When an old friend of mine gets to request a tune, it's got to be Zep. Oh, that band was so hot in our high school. Well, again, I'm dating myself. We're talking about the early 80s. Uh, Zep, you a lot of Zep fans at uh, Emory Collegiate. We're speaking with Andy Collins, a good friend of mine. Uh, him and I went to high school together, remained friends, of course, over the years. Andy, uh, each and every year, for as long as I can remember, and even including up to last year, uh, used to host a, or does host a fantastic uh, boat uh, cruise on Lake Ontario. The uh, party starts usually around uh, 10 o'clock, and away you go till the wee hours of the morning. And uh, each and every year, fun, 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 and good friends continue to gather. Uh, and, of course, Andy is the uh, host, and he's also the head chef. Uh, well, why not? Who better to choose as a chef than a chef? Chef manager uh, for Dana Hospitality. Uh, Dana Hospitality services the corporate world. Uh, no one's going back to work. I don't understand. Uh, they're going back to work. Don't worry, Andy. It just takes time. Um, Andy, you know, it's incredible, uh, the, the world of food and the evolution of food. Um, I think it was CBC that ran a very entertaining um, series on uh, the way we used to live, and they'd pick a decade and feature the decade. Uh, and again, of course, uh, the, the decade of food that we grew up in tends to stick with us. But Toronto is a very different city. It's an international, most multicultural city in the world. And so when it comes to food ingredients, there really is no better place uh, for variety, I think, than Toronto. Uh, the culture, the recipes, the variety of food now available to us is truly fascinating. That said, I took a Thai cooking course, um, and I ventured into the world of uh, fish sauce, as they call it. And, ooh, uh, Andy, fish sauce. Yeah, I'm sure you've worked with it. Boy, yeah. does that stuff not have an odor? But it tastes good. It's yeah. kind of weird, eh? Yeah, it's definitely, a, 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 you have to have the palate for it. But you know what? It just brings the variety to cooking. So, you know, not people use it much, but when you do, you know, you find you, you enjoy it. So do you know do you know what fish sauce is made? Do you know what it's made of, Andy? No, I don't. It it is a marinated brine of sardines. So they put a bunch of sardines in a big vat. So I guess throw some water in it and let it ferment. 
And so people in Thailand use that as a flavor enhancer, an alternative to salt, whereas the Chinese would use uh, soy sauce. Uh, Thai people use a fish sauce. Uh, we in North America use salt. I didn't know that, man. You're a bigger chef than I am because I seem to dabble. You kind of stay in safe circles kind of deal, but that's really, I like Thai food, but not as much as you. Yeah, no, it's, it, I love Thai food if, it, if it's made well. Um, but that one ingredient on it, ooh, my, I opened the bottle and my whole family said, what stinks? But just a drop yeah, of it yeah. in, in, in Pad Thai and bamo. It just, it just works. It just works. So sometimes it's one of the situations, sometimes you're better off, don't ask questions, just go to the conclusion. Um, uh, so, Andy, uh, let's, go, let's go back now to the, uh, the reopening of the economy. Um, have you thought about alternatives for yourself? Like if things don't get back to normal, you know, what else people in your industry could do? Well, that's always that's funny because I always thought, you know, since this year wouldn't really come back. I was a chef for Yankee Lady, the boat cruise for 20 years, and I thought maybe I'll go back there. They've actually decided to close up shop all summer until next year. And my other backup, which I did, was DJing. Well, there's no weddings. There's no um, parties. There's no bars. So that's kind of – so the two things that I am really drive at are kind of taken away. So I am really right now starting to think of – other factors of finding something else to do. But like I say, exercise is what I've been doing because there's really no backup as of yet. But um, they're saying September we should all be back at a, a limited capacity. So I'm going to try to hold out and see if this can um, get us through. You know, I, I, um, we all have dreams, and they're silly dreams every now and then, but why not? If you've got a few minutes, you want to fantasize about the unthinkable for a couple of seconds, why not? And, you know, if I, if I had Uber money, uh, I would love – for several days a week to have my own full-time personal chef. Cook for me, my friend. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Feed me and feed me well and feed me variety. Uh, oh, my God. Could you imagine? Hey, Jack? Well, yeah, you, uh, let's speak. I'll you speak to that one, Jack. What do you think of that? I don't know if I would do that, but I do think that uh, people are going to be going back to restaurants over time. And Brad talked about it in their first couple of segments that, uh, you know, you, you do want to look, think long term. Um, but the one thing that I really picked up with from Andy over the conversation was that, you know, he's living off reserve cash. And it's uh, financial planning 101. Make sure that you have some cash to get you through difficult times like this. And, you know, textbook says three to six months. This pandemic may be longer. But uh, I do think people will go back to restaurants, Wolf, uh, over time. But I think the most important thing is they have to feel safe, comfortable, um, that they're being taken care of, obviously. And, uh, you know, uh, I'm sure the restaurant industry will adapt over time. Well, again, I want to pick up on that point, Jack, because, again, the old saying, the wealthy barber, pay yourself first. So no matter how much money you make, save 10 or 15 percent automatically. Andy, again, I want to speak to you, but this is what really concerns me about your industry, because I, I know a lot of people uh, in your industry, and uh, my biggest fear for them is just because of the nature of the, the party, the alcohol, the fun around hospice, everyone's there for a good time, yada, yada, it tends to be a, a lifestyle of hand-to-mouth without a reserve, basically living, and hence all these, you know, payday loan places and the like. Like, how many of your dear friends who work in the business live hand-to-mouth? Um, I'd say probably 50%. But when you are working in this field, some of them pay very well, so you do build that reserve, but they get caught up right now. So a lot of DJs I know aren't making it. Um, a lot of chefs that I know, they're still working on the reserves, but come September, you got to figure out, you know, nobody's starving, though. No one's starving, pardon the pun. 
You know, I had a good friend of mine, again, in the food business, um, uh, Frank Bertucci. I'll mention his name. He owns California Sandwiches. And, uh, well, he always had an extra pound or two on him. He was never shy to admit it. But uh, I'd say, Frankie, how are you? He said, Wolf, how am I? Look, look at me. I got food. I got a beautiful family. I dry. I got a job. I, what else do I want? I'm good. I'm always good. Good. How are you, Wolf? How are you? Oh, I love Frank Bertucci. Such a nice guy. I love your industry, buddy. Uh, I love you, Andy. It's, it's such a pleasure to, to reconnect with you. Um, uh, again, when COVID's gone, you're going to come by and do some cooking for me, pal. I'll buy the finest ingredients, and uh, well, you, we can chef de partie. How's that, Andy? We'll have some fun, man. So proud of you. Yeah, and I'm proud of you, Andy. Uh, you keep it up, man. You're in the trenches, and uh, it is important. Uh, you feed people, uh, right? Food is life. Uh, so uh, may you have a great palate, my friends. Uh, and Jack and I, of course, are here to enhance your palate each and every week. Any questions, please reach out to us. We will get back to you. Uh, visit our website, WolfgangKlein.com. Money matters. So do you. We're here for you. You have yourself a great weekend. Thanks for your time. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio, for the love of money. We'll see you next week. The preceding program is a specialty program. Unless otherwise identified, the participants on the program are not employees of Chorus Entertainment. Opinions expressed may not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Global News Radio 640 Toronto.